won't catch a manana. Uncle Sam's only man packing katanas. Remain anonymous while I'm leaving remains. That's the need to Welcome to episode 28 of Upshift, No Direction Network's Essence 20 podcast, where every two weeks we give you an edge on Essence 20. I'm Ryan Costello, one of the designers of the Essence 20 system, an author on the G.I. Joe Transformers My Little Pony role-playing game core rulebooks, and over 300,000 words at this point of <laughs> Essence 20 published material. Very good. And I'm Jason Keeley, Renegade Game Studios, former RPG developer. So Jason, it's been a while since we've had even a banter segment on an episode. It's true. And so I just wanted to do a full-on banter episode, and I figured, oh wait, before I get to that, before we begin... <laughs> Although we have both worked for Renegade on Essence 20 in some capacity, Upshift is not associated with or produced by Renegade Game Studios. This is not an official Essence 20 podcast. With that out of the way, it's been a while since we've had a banter segment, so I just figured we could fill a whole episode with banter. I've been, uh, actually, I've, I've been between contracts for a few weeks now, which is the mm. longest time that it's been. And I feel like I crammed in a lot of media in that time. And I was oh, like, good. we should talk about the media I've been watching lately. And the media I watched this year, a lot of which has completely left my brain. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You were talking about this, and I was like, okay, what did I watch? What did I read? What games did I play? And I can only think of, like, what I'm doing right now. Like, what games am I playing right now? Uh, expect a lot of last-minute <laughs> typing as sure. things that are prompted remind me of things to put on the list. Before we get so, into that, though, yeah. I just I do want to note that I did get my copy of Decepticon Directive like a couple of weeks oh, nice. ago. So I have it. Oh, lovely. That and it looks really good. And I'm, you know, excited if we want to talk about that later. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, if we want to. Probably. So, I don't know. Like, so we've done episodes about stuff that I've worked on, but you yeah. haven't. But we haven't done the opposite. But that sounds like a book that we could really dive into. Uh, so I have it in my pile. I, I talked last episode about how I just got a whole stack of Renegade oh, yeah. stuff because I'd asked for PDFs of all the books that I was missing just because I was doing a lot of crossover stuff. I wanted to stay current on what was happening in the game. And Renegade said, we'll just send you everything. We will send you physical copies. I was like, great. And yeah. I said I would put it on my shelf, but Renegade, my Renegade shelf is half a shelf and then half like an inbox and stuff. <laughs> Fair. And so I need to clear that stuff out, figure out where that's going. And then that pile of stuff on the floor behind me gets to go on the shelf. I also have to figure out the order. Am I doing it chronologically? Am I doing it by brand? So uh, these are very important decisions I have yes, to make. Yes, indeed. My cube with Renegade stuff in it is, I think, with Decepticon Directive, like pretty full. So I either can't get any more yeah. books from them or just I need to, <laughs> needs to spill out into another cube. I, I'm constantly just wrestling with how do I deal with space. I've got right, way yeah. more boxes and stuff. Like... If you look behind me, people that have seen my, a video of my office, you might think that I'm a super well-organized person who really knows what to do with my collection, but that is just this area. That's the right. facade. As soon as you, like, look slightly off camera, it is a mess. <laughs> it's fair. I mean... But also, like, if you look at any of these cubes, like, there's a lot of vertical space that's not being used, so I pick up stuff like this, and mm -hmm. then, oh, yeah. again, it goes on the floor, because I have not <laughs> figured out exactly how to set it up yet. How to get it in there, yeah. 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 I, I think last year's resolution was fix this and I haven't, but I fixed a couple of shells over there that I'm very happy with, which is like, that's just the, the thing. I I cannot do the whole thing at once. It's, it's unrealistic because too much stuff has to move out mm -hmm. and then move back in. And I have to have too many plans to know where everything goes. But every now and then I will know exactly what I want to do with a shelf or a th certain theme. And then when that gets done, I get super satisfied and it's, I just need to uh, make those decisions at a more regular interval. Mm, I mean, uh, yeah, I have just some shelves with book, book, certain books and board games on it that I haven't touched in forever that need to get. I need to do a big purge. Yeah. Oh yeah, the purge is something I'm worried about. Like I, I used to have one of these cubes was a Star Wars cube, and now all the Star Wars stuff is actually behind me. I am blocking it from view, but like my Star Wars themed stuff. Does not have a place yet. And yet the other day I saw uh, they had these like kitty lines of Star Wars figures. And there was a Boba Fett one that every time I saw it on the shelf, I was like, it's cute. And it's a really good representation of Boba Fett, a character that I like, but don't have any action figure for. I should pick this up. Anyway, I, I thought that a dozen times, but never did. Mm. It's now in my local dollar store. So I picked it up for five bucks. Like yeah, it's go. definitely worth it. Except I already don't have a space for Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is moving out of my collection and yet I'm adding to this 
this non-collection that I have. Yeah. Well, you'll find somewhere to put it. I, I will. Hopefully. I'll make some sense of everything someday. Yeah. Someday. Actually, one thing I would really like it would be to have a, a light box so that I can do, like, photography of just yeah. cool yeah. things. Because um, I've got, like, five Kickstarters coming in in the next month. These are things that I've been backing over the last few years. A lot of them are uh, O-Ring G.I. Joe style, like, um, not reinterpretations, but, like, new lines homaging what G.I. Joe looked like in the mm. 80s and how it felt. And uh, so, yeah, as I get those coming in, it would be cool to just document the different ones that I got, how I feel about them, compare the different lines, compare the different stuff within the line, compare it to how it actually fits in with G.I. Joe, compare how each of these different retro lines compares with each other, all of which would be cool, all of which would ideally be done in a light box, uh, but then I need to figure out how I'm going to fit that in. Plus, I am not a good photographer <laughs> in the same way I'm not a good visual artist in almost any way, yeah. so... I don't know. Maybe this is just a bad idea that I should accept. I will never get around to this. I just put it in the list of ideas that you never actually get around to. That I have a, I can fill a notebook full of that stuff. <laughs> Once you put it in a notebook, does it feel like, well, that's as close as I'm ever going to get and I can move uh, on? Maybe, maybe. Let's just try that. See what happens. Just uh, publish the notebook of ideas I had. <laughs> sure, yeah. That formed things I got around. You know, I have maybe about like 20% of this as a thing, and I just never got around to finishing it. Yeah, since we're on the topic of toys, I would consider putting toys on the list of media, and I could definitely talk a lot about my toy collection, but the big thing that I'm expecting is the classified scale His Tank. Is I got my delivery notice mm. earlier this week, and it seems like... Uh, the, the people that backed because this was uh, Hasbro has their own crowdfunding uh, site called Haslabs. And so this yeah. was a Haslab project. Mm -hmm. It only would be funded if enough people backed it. Uh, and, and it's interesting the way they do it. They don't do, we need to make this much money. It's we need to make, to sell this number of units mm -hmm. or to have this number of backers. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, and having produced some stuff, I kind of understand how you don't want a warehouse full of stuff that even if you have paid for, like even if you've you've profited off of this stuff and you it's technically free once it's sitting in a warehouse it's like paying rent so they yeah. really want yeah. to match up the minimum order quantities with the manufacturers i'm speculating like what i've done is nowhere near on the scale of hasbro so anyway that's coming in and as you can imagine like the gi joe classified figures are six inches so it's twice the size of the old gi joes which means that this his tank is probably going to take up one of these cubes mm. all by itself which some accessor uh, some figures around it so one thing I have promised myself is that as soon as it arrives, I am setting up that shelf. I have a very sure, good yeah, idea yeah. of what I want of it. And this was an expensive purchase and should be a centerpiece of my collection in the same way the Terradrome is. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that like that gets set up right away. Same thing I did with my Sky Striker, which was also a HasLab that I backed and that I am not as happy with. But I expect to be quite happy with this as tank from what I've seen. Great. Makes sense. So I've got my list of videos, and you may notice that the first thing on this list is Facebook videos. That's the first thing I'm yeah. considering media that I've been watching. So Facebook has their stories, which is kind of like, you know, Facebook trying to do their version of TikTok. Mm -hmm. And it's slowly been integrating it more and more into my Facebook feed. And Facebook is the social media uh, platform that I use the most. And for the most part, I ignore it. I, I'm kind of actually just annoyed that stories exist. They just feel <laughs> like they take up real estate on my feed. But then I saw a video that was just titled something like something like a crocodile gets his comeuppance, something like okay. that. And I'm, I'm someone who is just terrified of the concept of crocodiles. They, you know, they can, they look like rocks and yet they are super fast swimmers, super fast on land, oh, even yeah. though they just look like, they look like they should be right. dragging their bodies to slow them down. But no, these are terrifying things with vice-like grips that roll you around and thrash you until you die. They... They are dinosaurs who refuse to go extinct. Sure, exactly, yeah. So the idea of watching one lose a fight, that really appealed to me. And I guess because I've interacted so minimally with Facebook stories that as soon as I watched one of those, they were like, we know what this guy likes. And my Facebook, every third video now is some kind of nature video. Mm. And I got to say, I, I am enjoying them quite a bit. Like, Facebook's finally got my number on the stories. There you go. And, um... Uh... The, another thought I had was watching uh, lion fights and lions basically fight in turn-based combat. 
So if you are a GM and you are trying to figure out how to describe turn-based combat, watch a couple of lion fights because it'll just be four or five of them all just kind of standing there staring at this like uh, surrounded prey Mm. and everyone just kind of has this look of like, so are we doing this? And then it starts and one at a time they take their shot at the prey and the prey will like take their attack of opportunity or whatever. Like they'll try and get in their shots and sometimes it works. Like <laughs> I have new respect for giraffes because every video I've seen of this giraffe is just them kicking a lion's oh, butt. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, I can see that they're just because they're big, you know, they had the reach. I know, but they, like lions can leap and you like, I've seen some lions jump up and grab them by their, oh. by, basically grab them by the butt. And you figure the weight would just pull these weird spindly legged yeah. things down. But no giraffe just kicks the lion off and they go flying. And so, I like I should be subscribing to like YouTube channels that are dedicated proper in, in like nature videos so that I, I'm getting a lesson while I'm watching this, but no, I'm just watching these like one minute bites of animals just beating each other up. <laughs> as, as similarly, like yeah, YouTube does shorts which are which come up on the main page. Mm-hmm. And for some reason a lot of mine are um uh are you familiar with the shoebill bird? No. Oh, the shoebill is a majestic dinosaur of a muppet of a thing. It's like this giant thing, and it, it's got this huge beak that that when it, it makes a little clacking noise, it kind of sounds like gunfire. Oh wow! They're terrifying and majestic, and you should look up a shoebill at the uh, shoebill. Def- right, that's... Yeah, you'll look at that. And go, that is clearly a monster of some kind. <laughs> All right, I'm doing. That they now. don't look real. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this definitely looks like something somebody like um, some Jim Henson creation or like the those crypto uh what is it when oh. you stuff an animal? Oh, uh taxidermy, yeah. Yeah, like the have you seen you've seen crypto taxidermy where they take uh, animal body parts and fake okay. mythical creatures out of them? I don't think I've This looks seen like that. that. Yeah. No? Well, that's where the uh jackalope comes from. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, they've just Frankenstein together different animal parts and say like, oh no, this is like exclusive yeah. to our region. And then they tell their stories and it's a very right. mystery shack type of... Uh, Fiji mermaid. Uh, you know, the Fiji mermaid. Lie. Sure, yeah, exactly. This looks like that. This looks like somebody's took uh, five different birds and made one fake looking bird out of it. So big. And like, so big looking. Almost real looking. Yeah. <laughs> but if you watch them like moving around and, and making noises, it's, it's spooky. Hmm. So one last anecdote about the nature videos I've been watching is that I saw one about the King Cobra and it was explaining that the King Cobra is a snake eater. And I was like, oh, if I had known this when I was writing Cobra Codex, because mm. like everyone in Cobra is named after a snake, yeah. but the leader actually eats snakes. Like there's so much of a metaphor <laughs> that I could have written about that. And like, I could work it into something else, but the Cobra Codex would have been the ideal place for that kind sure, of metaphor. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid, Snake Eater. <laughs> it's a phrase that I know, I guess. It sounds cooler than Mongoose. Yeah. It, I mean, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, because a good Snake Eater could be a Mongoose. It could be another snake. So it's 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 more yeah. more encompassing. Snakes look weird when they eat other snakes. Mm-hmm. Snakes just look weird when they eat anything. Uh, fair. It's fair. <laughs> any Facebook videos? Any other anecdotes there? Or should we move on? To a different um, no, I like to just mention the shoe bill. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, I I, I do. I mean, in my YouTube videos, just watch random things that kind of come up and say more about m- more more than more about me than I care to share. I guess. Uh, how's your face? Uh, your YouTube algorithm? Like, do you feel it? It gets you. It's all over the place. Uh, occasionally, okay. I'll get on a I'll get on a jag and I'll like watch a bunch of um, I don't know, like I'll rewatch a bunch of epic rap battles of history, for instance, because I find them funny. Nice. And then that'll start coming up. We also uh, have a, a couple, you know, su- subscribe to a couple channels that are for calming dog music. So that uh-huh. a lot of like lo-fi beats to chill to kind of coming up, and and so it's it's, it's just everything. And every so often, I'll end up changing it. Like I'll end up watching. Um, there's this uh, channel called Scaredy Cats, which is uh, just sort of talks about horror movies, and I'll watch more of that. Or I'll watch like someone reading creepy pasta. I'll watch a bunch of short five minute horror videos, and then and then 
my feet gets to be a whole bunch of those terrible short horror movies. That's <laughs> just sort of like yeah. until I until I start watching something else. So that reminds me sometimes when I'm putting my girls to bed, like I'll sing them a couple of songs, but if they're just having trouble going to sleep and I'm too tired to come up with more songs that I know the lyrics of, I'll just play some YouTube, like a lullaby playlist. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next day I'll just be listening to my, my super mix on YouTube mm -hmm. of all my type of music. And then like the sounds of rain comes on yeah. like after green day or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to keep the algorithm guessing. Yeah. So, uh, your, um, your calming dogs video era, that reminded me of my favorite thing I ever saw on YouTube. And that is very early on when I was having trouble putting one of my girls to sleep, I played it on YouTube itself, not YouTube music, which mm -hmm. lets you close the app and go to something else. So oh, I was right, just yeah. stuck on this one channel on the phone, lying in a room, trying to make no noise, just trying to entertain myself. So I start scrolling through the comments and it's just a bunch of new parents sharing like their experience of like well i'm stuck on youtube too so i'm just going to leave this long comment about all my <laughs> thoughts and they're generally positive even the ones that were struggling and and trying to get a, a kid that has a lot of sleeping problems to sleep and yeah. then there were other parents coming in and just like giving supporting anecdotes or giving their own advice uh and yeah it just made what was otherwise like a, a harrying evening it, it made it pleasant oh that's that's nice that's nice that's nice yeah. The other thing about the YouTube algorithm, I find that like I've got my channels and my channels have the four or five different topics that I generally follow. So I've got a few wrestling history channels. I've got a lot of pop culture channels and I find I'll get recommendations of videos I've already watched before I get mm. recommendations for new channels. But then if I just try a new channel, like if something's been recommended to me or just some new video I hear about and I go check it out, then YouTube's like, oh no, like he's oh, opened the breach and let's just see. <laughs> this was a new wrestling channel that you watched. Here's 10,000 new wrestling channels that you've never heard of. Check them all out. And sometimes I will. And it's like, all right, well, this is an interesting topic. Oh, I don't like the presentation or right, I don't yeah. like for whatever reason. And I'll then tend to narrow, close that gate, narrow it back down to the couple of channels. But yeah, it, it I, I love watching algorithms react to things. Just, yeah. One of my favorite was when I was new to Instagram. I got an Instagram account because I was working, like it was a work-related reason. I needed to have an Instagram account so that then I could switch to my works business account to do, you know, my job. So I had this account and I did almost nothing with it. And then one time I was talking about cosplayers with my friend Emily. And so I shared some of the cosplayers that I like. She shared some of the cosplayers that she liked. And a lot of these cosplayers have like spicy side businesses. Oh, yeah, yeah. And suddenly Instagram was like, oh. This guy is definitely bisexual. And so here's like, here's hot men, here's hot women. And here's like comic books about the bisexual experience. Mm, and like, okay. you know how people are always trying to erase your sexual identity. And it was like really just for a week or so, I got to see what the internet looks like from somebody else very similar to me, but with a different sexual orientation. And it was just fascinating to see. No, oh. well, I mean, <laughs> it sounds, almost sounds like that Instagram algorithm is doing nice things. Yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for positive things, the internet is actually very good about sending positive things back, but it's not real. It is a well-crafted positive yes. message for you, Yeah, which is why I look for, you know, the things that are a little more data-driven and they're constantly feeding me things that like, oh, this is popular opinion, but here's the truth. And I don't, I cannot trust anything because yeah. everything is just algorithm-driven. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have to take a, like a, a, a different make a make a whole new account or something it's just to like sometimes watch like a, i like hate to hate watch something basically right like i want to hate yeah. watch this and kind of see what's going on but i don't want it to be in my algorithm because i don't want to get more of it yeah well so funny enough that is how i use facebook i will follow people specifically because i disagree with everything about them okay and i just want them on my feed just so i know what the world looks like from their point of view what makes them tick and reading the comments and seeing like people just gang like all jumping in and agreeing on something mm -hmm. that I flat out think is stupid. Well, like, yeah. how could someone come to that conclusion? Well, not only did they do it, but all of their friends and family did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what the internet is. Yeah, yeah this was supposed to be just chatting about the cool things that we saw <laughs> let's go in with the last cool. year. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about some other cool. Let's talk about some cool things. Let's talk about some cool movies. I, I watch every MCU movie in theaters when okay. it comes out. And as often as I can, I will take my oldest daughter to see it with me. 
And it's become our thing. Like in the last couple of years, we watched all of the MCU uh, movies, not all the shows, mm -hmm. but um, basically she had watched an episode of She-Hulk with me, loved it. It's, it became her new favorite thing. And okay. she wanted to know more. And I was like, good news. There is a <laughs> lot more. So we went from She-Hulk to Hulk, right. Hulk to Iron Man. And then we were just kind of jumping around and eventually just kind of settled in watching them in the order that they were released. Okay. And so we watched them all the way up to, we started watching Infinity War. Um, and because we had watched Black Panther out of order, because Black Panther was for whatever reason, a character that really appealed to her. So she wanted to watch it sooner than it released. So we watched Ragnarok and Infinity War back to back. Mm. And like Ragnarok, people remember it for being silly, but it is a bloodbath as far as Asgardians go. Sure. It, yeah. It, yeah. It keeps going back to just seeing a bunch of Asgardians get killed. And then Infinity War starts with Loki's death, Heimdall's death, like the last few Asgardians are also killed. So she just got this like two and a half hour yeah. straight of characters dying when that hadn't been the MCU's tempo and tone up till yeah, then. Fair. So yeah, about 20 minutes into Infinity War, she just asked to stop watching it. And we haven't gone back to watch them in order, but we have still gone to theaters whenever something new comes out, including Black Panther 2, which was really like, just going into it, it's like, I know she loves this character. Do I tell her oh, the actor yeah. died before mm -hmm. we see this movie? Or do I just let her see it? And uh, it was even weirder because when we started watching it, you know how the, like in a theater when it's playing the commercials, the lights will be a certain dimness and then it'll dim dark. darker yeah. when the movie starts. So it didn't dim darker. It just, hmm. it went from yeah. the last commercial to the first scene. And the first scene is just Shuri running around a lab trying to figure out how to save an off-screen dying T'Challa. And, and yeah, and so my daughter's extra confused about what's happening and the tone is all wrong and everything. And so then I just start whispering, explaining like, mm -hmm. so there will be a new Black Panther in this movie because the actor died. And then later another character dies and she's like, that actor didn't die too, did it? And it's like, no, oh, no, no, this this was written into it. I know, yeah. It, I kind of regret bringing her to that one, even though by the end of it, she did enjoy it and did like the, the journey of the new Black Panther. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we watched the Marvels most recently and she loved it. And I actually went with both my daughters and my wife. All four of us loved it. Oh, great. And I'm glad because like next year, there's no MCU movies uh, except for Deadpool three, which I am not taking my daughter to. <laughs> and then after that, we're getting in 2025, we're getting a new Captain America. And of all the MCU movies we watched, Captain America was the ones she liked the least, even though they were some of my favorites of the MCU. Sure. Like my, my tastes do not always overlap with hers that's fair so like she's going to be 10 11 years old by the time the next mcu that i feel comfortable taking her to the theaters with and i don't know if she's still going to want to go see video movies with her dad in theaters at that age or and if she does maybe not necessarily superhero movies who knows what her taste will be like so if the marvels is like the end of this journey that we've been on for the last couple of years it was a good ending it's, it's a oh, yeah. fun movie it's like really got positive energy and and we all liked it. And that's that's something that I really appreciate about it. I have not seen it yet. I'm looking forward to okay. seeing it uh, because I did enjoy Ms. Marvel show. Yeah. I, right. I think uh, Imana Valani is just a delight. She, she's yeah. just such positive energy. And, and it's it's I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So when I went into it, there was one thing that I was worried about. And that is in the trailer, there's one scene where she's like, oh, we're a team now. And then Carol and uh, um, Monica are like, no, we're definitely not a team. And I was worried that was going to be the dynamic oh, right. of the two adults treating her like the kid superhero. But that's really not it. No, they really do like get each other and like learn to know each other. And there is mutual respect across all three of them. Like the relationship dynamic between all three of them is interesting and fun and positive. It's exciting. Uh, I, I, I thought you, you know, you say, well, I guess MCU is not the same thing as the Sony stuff, but you'll probably yeah, get a, one more, maybe one more. If, if you did see the, the other two spider first movies, you might get that, see that with your, with your daughter. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Um, yes. They, I, I watched that with both my daughters, even though I was a little iffy about the younger daughter. Cause she, again, is younger, <laughs> but she's also a lot more skittish. Like my older daughter, basically went from watching Paw Patrol to watching Nightmare Before Christmas on repeat. And she went like from two to three years old. Right, she yeah. immediately got into stuff that was above her age bracket. Whereas my younger daughter just did not. She still likes a lot of the same things she's liked since daycare, even though she's in first grade now. And she's just slowly, gradually moves from one thing to another. But it's all like 
age appropriate and sometimes even skews a little young. Uh, but we watched a trailer and we gave her the option to stay home, but she was insisting that she wanted to go check it out. We all enjoyed it, but they were really frustrated that there's no real ending to it. it just yeah, the kind second of one trickles is trickles into the second one is part of the third. You know, it's a it's part of the trilogy. Uh, yeah, experience that. Yeah, yeah. And so for like weeks after the movie, they were like, "Is the new Spider Verse out yet?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, this is a ha- next year movie." Did you have to explain the writer strike and the actor strike to, no, to no. your kids and be like, "Okay, everything's going to be postponed a little bit because of you know four months of striking." Uh, they wouldn't get it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Although, so they do know striking because right now, uh, f- basically for this entire school year, the uh, school bus drivers have been on strike. Oh. And then recently also teachers have been going on strike. And, and in fact, uh, no, I don't think I talked to you about this. So I was supposed to, or sorry, my wife got invited to a cruise with her family Okay. in the middle of November. And we were discussing it. And it's like, oh, we don't want to take the girls out of school for a week. Right. So she went off on her own and I was staying home to watch the girls. And then the, they were, um, from Tuesday to Friday, the school was on strike. So the girls oh. were staying home. <laughs> so we could have all had this nice family vacation. Right. But you could, well, you never know. There was no yeah. way of knowing. Yeah. It, well, we tried. We checked to see if there were any last minute ticket available. And no, the, the cruise was all booked. No. Oh. Well. Yeah, the Spider-Verse movies are fascinating because, first of all, they're so good. But second of all, they're doing stuff that everyone complains about all the other superhero movies. Like, Mm. we've this is like our fourth iteration of Spider-Man, so that alone people aren't tired of. They're tired of multiverse stuff. They're tired of superhero movies in general. Yeah. But we all love a Spider-Verse. Like. It because it does it. I don't know. Dead like when watching that movie and then uh, you know about the idea of Spider uh, across Spider Verse and and uh, Multiverse of Madness kind of coming out around the same time. Such a different like they just one of them misses the mark and, and the Spider Man do, it doesn't. It just I don't know yeah. why it doesn't. It just because it's so much. It feels like it's from a place of like excitement and joy in a lot of ways. Then then kind of yeah. Like, they're not just you know it's not out. algorithms or yeah. audience hunting yeah. it's somebody had a, an idea fully formed like or not just someone like it, it took hundreds of yeah. people to make these movies but yeah there's like clear directive there's like unity among all the artists that work on it mm-hmm. and like the voice cast kind of gets uh brushed aside like i don't even know who plays miles and you know i've loved him in two different movies now oh, yeah like, he's great he's funny there's great comedic timing yeah, there's yeah. great beats in it I love in the first one when uh, the guy's like, Morales, did you escape from your room? Or did you leave your room last night? And he's like, play dumb. Who's Morales? Not that dumb. <laughs> like this exchange between yeah. himself and his thought, like it's so perfectly delivered. <laughs> and yet, like, I, I don't know who that actor is. And that's kind of unfair to them. Like people constantly talk about the, the visuals and the storytelling. Mm-hmm. But everything about these movies is amazing. That's true. I mean, that's... Um... Gosh, what has this uh, gentleman been in? Shamik Moore has been in some things. Yeah, so the name, uh, like, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the first time I'm even hearing that name, which is really unfair. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's weird if you don't, it's it's a thing that um, also, like, you know, people, com- voice actors themselves complain about, like, you know, when it's in, oh, I know who that is, like, because you yeah. recognize their voice. You either recognize their voice and know who they are from stuff or recognize their voice because they're not a voice actor and they're, you, because you see them in other movies, yeah. right? The whole Chris Pratt thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there are also all the people in that, uh, in the Spider movies that are like, oh, I recognize the person and they're doing a great job. But like, you know, like, you know, for Jake Johnson doing, being the Peter, Peter B. Parker, but you know, like he's always oh, perfect for that. Um, yeah. You know, but they recognize him from other Nick things. Cage as uh, uh, oh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was great. Um, then they got uh, Daniel Kaluuya as, as uh, Hobie in in the uh spider Hobie. Hobie? uh spider punk. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, all the all the all the great voices. So yeah, you know what? If what's the next one? Beyond the Spider-Verse? Beyond the Spider-Verse, I believe, yeah. Or have they changed it to across the Spider-Verse 2? No, I think they did calling it Beyond the Spider-Verse. Alright, well, I even though like it's got big shoes to fill being the third one in this incredible trilogy, like I have full confidence that they're going to land it just because everything they've done has delivered. Yeah. Two hundred percent. I do. Care. I don't care how long it takes them to make it. 
I want them to take as long yeah. as they want to to make it. You know, I, I waited between the first and second one, even though I, you know I love the first one so much. I was like, oh, I can't wait for more. Um, I'll I'll wait as long as it as long as it takes. Yeah, and it, like there were years between the first and second one, mm-hmm. and I I'd probably watched it once or twice in between those two times. But yeah, as soon same. as I got into Across the Spider Verse, like I felt like I I remember what's happening. I recognize it. I know why all these relationships are happening the way they are. Like. Mm-hmm. Everything was clear just because everything stuck with me so well. Yeah, yeah. It it was just, you know, one of the, and I, I think, did it come out last year and then it, or did it come out earlier this year? I don't I know Which I one? watched this, uh, this, this Across the Spider-Verse. It came out this year. That right? was last year. It did yeah, come out. Or this year. Sorry. No, 2023. Okay, it did come out this year. I'm I, already I, in 2024 mode. Sorry. Fair enough. I mean, it just took, you know, I didn't, I didn't go see it in the theaters, but I was so excited to see it when it came out on the, on the streaming stuff. So, um I guess it's still a little more fresh for in my mind, but still, when I was watching it, just and one of the things that I just just had such joy in watching this year. Yeah, I actually had to watch it from the front row because the whole theater was sold out. Oh boy, the only tickets yeah. I can get together. Yeah, been a long time since I've had that experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can just like four days ago, I finally saw Barbie enjoyed that it was oh yeah barbie's great it did a lot of things i was not expecting <laughs> the, yes they say i don't want to spoil anything the villain of the movie is not who the villain who i thought would be the villain of the movie same um uh but it was great and i had a had a had a fun time and it, it just, <laughs> just i didn't expect the ending yeah <laughs> that to be the, the 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 resolution of the story and it was just good and, um, it's it's hard to talk about it because yes. it's so much better when people go into it knowing nothing except that this is something special. This is you've never seen a movie like this before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's another one that I saw with my whole family, even though I wasn't sure, which was a weird feeling mm. to be like, of the four of us, only one of us plays with the Barbies right now. And that is the only one I'm not sure if I should go take her to the Barbie movie. Yeah. Um, and yet we did, and like she just kind of stared at it the whole time. And afterwards, my wife was convinced that she didn't like it. And I was like, no, I was pretty sure she enjoyed it. Like she wasn't rascaling around like she was when she doesn't, when she's bored. Mm-hmm. And so just, we just confirmed, we were like, did you like this movie? And she's like, this is my new favorite movie. Oh, very good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Moving on to some TV. Actually, how much, what time is it? Uh, we can. 3.30. Oh, yeah. We're good. We're good. We're good. For a little bit anyway. Like it's, it's later for me and I'm past my bed. Okay. Fair enough. Podcasts can... tend to keep me awake. Okay, well, we can go fast to the TV shows if you want. We can just kind of say some things All that right. we liked. Well, so a little bit of uh, the new Doctor Who came out. Yeah. And I've watched one of the three specials that have come out. And it Ooh. really just reminds me that I absolutely love David Tennant. Yeah. I like, I love him in anything, but David Tennant's Doctor Who, or David Tennant's Doctor, I'm still, I, I only fine. got into Doctor Who in like my late 20s or my mid 20s. So my whole life was just thinking the character's name was Doctor Who, which <laughs> right, it's yeah. not. It's just the title it's of the, the show. Yeah. So, yeah. And now we can't even call him by a number because he's technically two different numbers. So anyway, David Tennant's Doctor is just like everything I love about David Tennant, like really ratcheted up. It's really fun, positive energy. And it's just so, so fun to watch. And like when he gets emotional, it's really easy to empathize with him. Yeah. Even though, you know, he's a time traveling alien with extra hearts and like there's so many reasons i should not be relating to him because all of the doctors are just weird if Mm -hmm. if they were real people i believe they could exist but i also believe that i would kind of feel awkward around them Uh, and yet watching them in our adventures is so much more fun and engaging and uh yeah i i like i've watched a lot of david Tennant stuff since he left doctor who but it really just cemented how much I like him as an actor. Yeah, he's re- good. Revisiting him as this character. He's a good actor. He's a he's a good human being. <laughs> um, well, that's yeah. good to hear. I yeah. I don't know how many interviews of his I've listened to. Maybe just once on the Nerdist, like fifteen years ago. Fair enough. No, I mean, probably yeah. more like ten years ago. You know, um, if yeah. you if you like Doctor, if you, if you like David Tennant, I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Good Omens. Uh, okay. which I don't know if you've seen both the, the second season came out. I saw year. all of the first season and I started watching the second season and I wasn't loving it, mm. but uh, like I, I was loving him. I was yeah, loving yeah, yeah. them when they were interacting, but like the whole plot with John Hamm's character, just, I don't know why it, as soon as that, because you know, it's split between like their past and how they've known right, each other yeah. for thousands of years. 
and then cuts to the present and they're dealing with their problem. Like both seasons have that same formula. Yeah. And first season, I loved the A story and the B story, but this one, I just like the B story. And anytime the plot of the season comes up, I just disengage. That's fair. That's fair. You want to watch for that. But if you do like David Tennant and Michael Sheen, I want to recommend a thing called Staged. Uh, to okay. You. It is... Um, I think it might be all on Hulu, but it's 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 essentially like it it the first season started in uh 2020, uh in about mid 2020 because of COVID. It's a basically a right. show that takes place in Zoom windows, like this one, uh where David Tennant and Michael Sheen are talking to each other, and and there's another character who's trying to get them to like be in a play with you know just sort of like what are we gonna do? We're gonna set this thing up, and it's very much that British comedy, a little awkward, but also just sort of like. Uh, uh, kind of sometimes quick fire, sometimes it's really incredibly long pauses. You know, it's sort of just very rich, and they're both great, and they're both sort of playing themselves in it, right? And then, and then there's like, I think there's like, is there only is there three or four seasons? There's like, and, and there's being a lot of seasons of this show, and there are only six episodes because oh, wow. it's a British show. Um, but it's very funny, very good, very like people can pop in and be like, oh my gosh, now it's, you know, there's, well, here's Olivia Coleman, here's Judy Dench, I think shows up in one of the episodes. Oh, like wow. that. It's just sort of like people showing up and talking about this, this act. and the, you know, the, that, that other, that third character is just a sort of like goofball writer who doesn't, who's bad at everything and they both hate him, but they, do David Tennant and Michael Sheen hate each other? Do they love each other? You know, like it, it kind of, and, they're, and they talk a lot about, oh, because they start in Good Omens and it, it's, you know, sort of connected to that in a lot of ways, but it is, um, and then uh, Georgia Tennant, David Tennant's wife is in it and it's all good. It's very good. It's very funny. I recommend it. And I think even the last cool. season even came out this year. So it fits in with what we're talking about. So I don't have Hulu. Hulu in Canada is weird because oh. a lot of stuff that's Hulu exclusive in the States yeah. is Disney Plus exclusive in Canada. And I have Disney Plus. So the first thing I'll do is check and check see if there. It's on yeah, because they're, yeah, and, they're, and they're like weirdly merging, I think, anyway, everywhere. So yeah. So. Oh, so one other thing about Doctor Who is that I was just watching it, uh, just something I'd thrown on for myself while I had some downtime. On the weekend, and then my older daughter walked in, and she was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> well, yeah, was that so the first special? Yeah, the first yeah. special. And have you watched There's... the other two yet? No, I haven't. Oh boy. Oh, okay. I've heard yeah. good things about the third one, but I don't really know anything about the second one. Well, and I'm happy with that. Like, I yeah, want to go into it yeah, fairly blind. I'll tell you, it's got a, it's got a lot of David Tennant in it, so yeah, I think okay. you'll like it. Um, it is good. You know, I think I like the, uh, yeah, I think I like the second and third ones even more than the first uh, special. So, okay, good. Yeah. Second, uh, the first one was a good one. It's so. good too. It was good. Yeah. But I think yeah. I like the second and third one maybe a little bit better. I also watched, uh, on YouTube, a YouTube channel called Comic Tropes. They talked about how that first special was one of only like two Doctor Who episodes based on Doctor Who comics. Oh. And so, yeah, and so he found this Doctor Who comic from early 80s. Like, it was even just the backup story of an annual. Hmm. And it, it, it's very strange that they decided to adapt this one, other than to show that, you know, the Doctor Who team from the, you know, the, the aughts mm -hmm. is back, and they have yeah. such love for all of Doctor Who, so they're incorporating something from its past. That's all theorizing. But anyway, yeah, he just kind of showed how the two different uh, storylines compare. Uh, and yeah, so that was also a fascinating watch. So I would check. A, I would recommend checking out just Comic Tropes as a channel is really good, mm -hmm. and that specific episode is a good jumping on point if you've never seen it. Um, I should actually, if I may, now transition because it's something in that first Doctor Who special, I noticed that people were memeing stuff. So you've got the the meep, right? And they're yep. all like, "Oh, now one's not the meep," but you know, like it, it's it was the um, the distracted boyfriend meme where. You know the where it's the where it's like the boy the guy looking back at another girl. It's a, a stock photo. Oh, distract! Picture. I thought you said destructive. Oh no, distracted boyfriend. Okay, meme, right? yeah. So so come you know the other the the person that the person looking at is the meat, but then mm. the, the old girlfriend is is Moopsy, uh, from Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, nice. Right. So I was like, <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. So and yeah. and to bring it to of course, uh, this season's at the uh this year's season of Star Trek Lower Decks was fantastic. Yeah. Unbelievable how Unbelievable. good that show is. It's I I can't I, I know. I, I'm on all every time they pull like a, a reference out from yeah. like eight, you know, some minor episode of, of Star Trek, it it blows my mind. Well, and they built plot around yeah. a fairly minor episode this time. Oh my and god. Like, well, 
Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. like the basically the whole season keeps cutting back to this. Like, there's the, the reoccurring cold open, yeah, uh, across the whole season, and then it builds to the finale. Like that, people should just be expecting that. But the way that then ties into a couple of next generation episodes, oh, I never saw coming. No. Even as they were making more and more references to those episodes, yeah, I know. And then like as soon as everything clicks together, it's like this is the best Star Trek long form storytelling I have ever seen. It's so good. And it, it's so, it's like so ridiculous. Like yes, it, everything too. in it is like too ridiculous. For, you think it's too ridiculous for Star Trek, but it's so, it's like they took Star Trek and distilled it down to its yeah. most Star Trekiness, And then, then they put it on the screen and just, I don't know. I can't say good enough things about that. And I hope it gets a million seasons. Yeah, I, I felt like when it was first launching, it was either advertised or just had this feel of Star Trek Rick and Morty. I think and it's, it's the animation style and the yeah. that the main writer, I think, used to write on Rick and Morty. So it's it's got a Rick and Morty connection and it does have okay. that sort of feel. And, you know, and then, you know, yeah, Mariner comes in and she's drinking like, oh, this is just Star Trek Rick and Morty. And it kind of maybe starts a little bit that way, but it also comes at, but it also comes to Star Trek with like this heart, this 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 love for Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. Whilst making fun of Star Trek. Well, and also the four characters love each other. Like yes. I was expecting Boimler to kind of be the butt of all the jokes, which he, I guess he, he is, still is, but but not aggressively. Like it is still endearing. They all still really get along really well. Yeah, I, I you know what? I, I can't think of any other examples of this, but I cannot get enough of like positive comedy. Like it's just nice comedy. Yeah. Like, um, so, uh, it's just then no one's the butt of the joke. Like like um I watched this cartoon called uh The Great North, which is from the people who make Bob's burgers and and going back home movies. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, oh, this is funny. They're just weird and it that's it. Yeah. Like there's no like none of them are being they're not being made fun of because they're weird. They're just kind of weird and they say weird things and do weird things. And then that's where the humor comes from. It's not about punching, it's not about punching up even. It's not about punching this, not about punching anybody, it's just about niceness. Yeah, well, so that is why I got into My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Mm. When I first saw the first couple of episodes, it was like, this is positive in ways I wasn't expecting. Like, I was expecting it very just sugarcoating yeah. and vapid. But no, it ended up like there's there's more depth there. And that is the reason that I, I followed. Like, I watched the entire show, the entire series. I waited for new seasons to launch. Like, mm. it was really, it, it was not a show I ever saw myself being like a season to season follower of. But like that positivity really can yeah. like carry a show and yeah. just it's I'm glad you're always in the mood for it. Yeah, and, and and yeah, it's that. And I'm glad that writers and show makers are kind of discovering that and we can get these shows. Now don't get me wrong. Like here's the thing. Like I also watch Rick and Morty and I like Rick and sure. Morty. Um and I like it's just it, like this season I it was the, just the other day was the season finale. This season's Rick and Morty had one of the most ridiculous episodes that I've ever seen. They took a premise okay. and they heightened it to such a ridiculous degree that I was like I cannot believe they're just doing this. And it had like almost nothing to do with Rick and Morty, the whole thing. It was it was a whole premise. It was almost like a it was like it was kind of like a action movie bad sci-fi premise without okay. giving it away. It's basically like from like season two, there was like one episode where Ice T was there, right? And then he turns into he's he's from another planet apparently of the of, of people, course. and he because he turns into a, an actual T, T the letter T, uh, okay. right? And he comes from a planet of letter people, basically the alphanumeric alpha. No, sorry, the uh, alpha Betrians. and then like and the and the stinger after the credits, they're like, oh no, the numericons are attacking, and they're just like these numbers. Just this, this shape like numbers, right? And mm -hmm. and blowing them up, and then then they took that, whatever it is, four or five, six years later, made an entire episode where that's just that's the premise where we follow. Oh, okay. The Alpha Betrians fighting the New Americans, and it's this whole blockbuster movie style, like oh, and this is plot happening, and then the father dies, and blah blah, and it's just like so ridiculous, mm. like I, every, there's just puns littered throughout it about you know. We're gonna divide them by zero, and you know, just like just alpha. I don't know. It was just I, don't know, I was like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But I loved it. <laughs> so I remember last season, there's about like a half episode detour into this like snake planet. Oh yeah, like 
Yeah, the whole snake. So history. is it comparable to that of like, how is this still going? How are they escalating no, I mean, it? And why do I care? It starts there and it doesn't leave okay. there really essentially, right? Yeah. Um, now, yeah, that's another thing. That's one of the, I do like that when Rick and Marty will just take five minutes. It feels like five minutes to just follow a thread of nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, oftentimes it's something like, not sitting there's no dialogue it's maybe set to a song and you're just like oh now we're watching and well we're watching this now oh now morty's getting older why is morty getting older well what's happening oh my gosh and this is like what years later and then something happens that brings it all back and it's just like to the present day or whatever and it's just like stupid so i remember in the first episode there's this like two second gag where they're running away and i forget even the setup but just they bump into somebody and they suddenly like age really quickly and then die. And Morty's horrified and Rick's just like, best not to think about it. And that I remember being like the only thing in that first episode that I really grokked onto. Everything yeah, else yeah. just felt like this is about what I was expecting and yeah, I'm yeah. not loving it. But it felt like as the series has gone on, those moments have become the defining thing of the series. It feels like even the writers acknowledge that like, oh, this this is us. This is what separates yeah. us. And then they've embraced it and they've really gone yeah. even more places. I, I think so. They'll do things. They'll do weird meta things, you know, stuff like that. Um, there was another – I was going to say there's another show. Oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sort of talking there's about – There's more things. Star Trek. There's more Star Trek, of course, uh, but just also just very briefly in the, in the same oh, vein. Okay. In the same vein of Rick and Morty, this year was the year that uh, Venture Brothers wrapped up with a movie – Okay, I am out of touch with Venture Brothers. Well, I have not it, seen it in like five years. At well, least. it's because there's like well, it's because there's like six years between seasons because these guys. Okay, well then maybe I'm caught up. You might be completely caught up. I watched the last season before this movie came out. The movie wrapped everything up very nicely, and it was a very good bow. It, it was very, it was all good. Very Venture Brothers. I was everything you'd expect from a Venture Brothers movie. Well, it was well done. Anyway, so um, just want to point that out there because it just popped into my head thinking about cartoons. Okay. Um, but so about Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. And Lower Decks, Change Your Worlds, Lower Decks crossover was a fantastic episode. And the, okay. the, whole, the whole season was great. I thought the whole season was fun. Yeah, same. Like, so Strange New Worlds feels like the most, like, this is what made Star Trek good yeah. over the years. And we've we've got it and we're revisiting it. Lower Deck is like, if you are super into Star Trek, this yeah. is the show for you. But yeah, Strange New Worlds is the show to introduce somebody who has never seen Star Trek. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a great jumping on point. Yeah, I I, I agree. But yeah, the, like easily my favorite episode was the Lower Decks episode, That's which funny. so I was watching the season with my wife and she doesn't lo- watch Lower Decks. I think it's just too much for her. I don't think she could. Uh, it can be a lot. I said not follow, but like I, the humor wouldn't speak to her in the sure, same way it enough. speaks to me. And I knew this crossover was coming. I didn't realize that any part of the crossover would be animated, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when the episode starts and it starts in, you know, in the future, as far as Strange New Worlds goes. And it's animated. She just looks at me like, seriously? And I'm like, I've been looking forward to this <laughs> this whole season. Yeah. So like, strap in because I <laughs> think this is going to go places. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, just to get to see, you know, Jack Wade and um, uh, Tawny Newsom in the in the in the star in the uniforms and, and be in real life in yeah. the show is so good. I'd like. Like they felt exactly the same. Like oh, they yeah. captured the same energy, like the whole just manic presence of Lower Decks characters, but in right. a real world setting. Like it was, it's amazing that this show pulled that off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought? Yeah. It also feels like this is the kind of episode we might have, like it, it's similar to other time traveling uh, episodes, mm-hmm. but we don't have the same point of view from the time traveler. Like, if you've watched Lower Decks, it's a whole different episode than if you've never seen Lower Decks. Right. And like just seeing where he's messing up the timeline accidentally and where he's stepping in when he knows he shouldn't, like it it just made so many fun moments that were like plays on the familiar, even though like, yes, we've seen it before, but we've never seen it like this. Yeah. And we've never had a time travel crossover episode because in two shows that are running concurrently, right? Like we've had crossovers. You've got, you've had, you know, people. I mean, we had Star Trek Generations is the closest thing we've had to that. The movie that crossed over the That's a good point. original series. That's it's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's pretty close. I mean we had, well, that one's not very good. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. It's also just not like it's not while while 
the original short series was on, right? Like it's like it's clear. Well, the older movies co- were still a thing, though. Yeah, the movies were. Like, it was a crossover. I guess we call it a crossover yeah. with the movies. Yeah, it's fair. Um, but like you know, and we've had like you know, Worf eventually goes from you know next generation to Deep Space Nine. That's kind of a crossover, yeah. and they've had that sort of happen. Riker showing up on a bunch of things, but like, um, but like never really like time travel, right? Like these are these are centuries apart. One of my favorite things was uh, when Boimler lets slip that like Spock is acting unusual, and that kind of gives away that he and the nurse break up, and that yeah, like, yeah. like it's it's completely innocent the way he's presenting it, and it would be confusing to him. He just happened to be here in this moment, moment of yeah. time that, from the character's point of view, this is the new normal, but it's it's not. It's, it's not, a temporary yeah. thing. My favorite moment in that episode is when they're going to shoot on the Orions and Boimler is doing everything he can to give away <laughs> not to do it. Yeah. And then he's like, "Like I have reason to believe it's a science vessel. And Pike's just like, do Orions have science vessels? Like <laughs> yeah. so skeptical. And <laughs> the way it plays into the whole time traveling plot is amazing and like paid off nicely. Ah, no, it, it was just a joy to watch that episode. Yeah, so good. So good. Oh, yeah, I've got a couple of things about comics. We'll save them for another time. It's, That's fair. Yeah, we're getting ready to, to... Yeah, we're getting on. Yeah, no reason for shout-outs. We basically, the whole episode was shout-outs. <laughs> so to wrap things up, thank you for joining us for episode 28 of Upshift, the No Direction Network's Essence 20 podcast. If you'd like to hear other great gaming podcasts, you can go to nodirectionpodcast.com, where we've also got uh, gaming blog content and uh, just a, you know, a whole bunch of stuff along the same lines. You probably, you know. You know. If this is your first episode of Upshift, what are you doing? Yeah, this is a weird one to start with. Uh, thank you to our patrons for uh, helping to, to keep the network running, paying our bills, keeping the lights on. You can find out more at No Direction Podcast. No, sorry, no. You can find out more at patreon.com slash no direction. The network's at no direction podcast.com. And of course, thank you to Word Burglar for the use of Letters from Snake Eyes Part 4. You can find out more at wordburglar.com. Until next time, I'm Ryan Costello. And I'm Jason Keeley. And to all, a good night. Ah. For now, the objective is to stop the threat of this collective spreading across the globe. Up, ready to lock and roll. Your flash, grand slam, clutch, zap, and rock and roll. Hawk, steal a grunt, breaker, and short fuse. Before I knew, I gained a whole lot more to lose. Accept the fear, don't let it scare you. When you move with the wind, no one can hear you. Face your friend one day, the next it takes lives. I've seen the worst. 